0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Film Fracas. Before you listen to the podcast, though, we have some exciting news. We are launching our merch store. That's right. Right now, you can go on the internet, click the link in the show notes, and, you know, buy some Film Fracas merch. We have three shirts available for you. One of them says, "Bye bye One of them says, meticulously. And the other one says, hashtag fracas. All on the back. And the front is our faces. Other than that, we have a mug, a pillow, and a sticker and all of the proceeds from this go directly into uh, making the show better. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, buy merch if you want to, if you can. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Thank you guys so much. On with the show.
1: And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to this, our final finale of season one. Episode 9 of Film Fracas. Yep, you I, guys made it. We all are here. It's great. Uh, I am your host for today. Carter, the whole effing show, spill something in your yards, spill To my right, I've got Robbie, the main man, DeShazer. Happy to be here. I've got Phoenix, Silence of the Zarola, Zarola. Bad. <laughs> I've got Brett, the Robocop Johnson.
2: Happy to be here.
1: And we have a special guest for our finale today, Shannon, the Shantum Thread Widener.
3: Hi,
2: guys.
1: Hey. Hey. Welcome to the show, Shannon.
0: Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Our second guest of all time. Yes. Our second final of season one. Yes. This is it. This is it. This is the finale. The film for finale. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Hi guys, I'm your neighborhood English major that also likes to watch a movie every now and again. Um, I'm in the same uh, college organization as all of these nerds, and they invited me on, so. What is college? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? So yeah, that's me. Uh, I also did like Phantom Thread. Um, didn't originally like Phantom Thread, but it also rhymes with my name, so yeah. I went with it. It's fun. Phantom Thread was good. Uh, Phantom Thread was good. Yeah, great. actually it was. I liked Phantom Thread. Yeah. Didn't it? I feel like I'm voting <laughs> every
0: time in the, in the show. I didn't like I'm Phantom I'm sorry, Thread. Robbie. I it's know. Okay. I was
3: with you to begin
0: with. And, you were. And then you were,
3: I, you were then my my came ally. Th- then you
2: saw the light. <laughs>
0: you were my brother, Shannon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you betrayed. It happens. I'm sorry. Then, it's okay. Then nervous.
2: she took the high
3: ground. Yep. I did take the high ground. I hate you. It's
0: fine. That's
4: a quote Ooh. from
2: Phantom
0: Thread. It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. oh, all, yeah. all, all, always a good start here at film fracking <laughs> yeah yes. so I always coming roaring out of the gate
1: you know we've only got two movies left so i think we have to stall until about the last five minutes yeah <sighs> all right it only takes two minutes stall? to talk about each of these movies right
0: okay, everyone's then let's day. just do it it's all right
4: um if, <laughs> if you're please. listening to this you can go ahead and fast forward yeah, like, just like
0: the first 30 minutes
2: skip ahead <laughs> <laughs> no okay so let's really
0: let's get into it yeah, we yeah. have two films left uh Carter, you want to give a quick recap of the entire season? Oh my gosh, I
1: will have to remember.
2: You want to do it in a rap form? So
3: please do. I can give you a beat. No.
2: Oh,
3: Phoenix is way ahead. I'm gonna,
1: already jumped on of the Phoenix's map. beat. I'm gonna okay. say jazz no. plus
2: jazz equals jazz.
1: Okay. But so. Let me look back. So we started episode one. Everyone was so happy. We all had our films. There were twelve of them. So many. 12 films in one episode, and yet it surprisingly was our shortest to date, I think. <laughs> yep,
3: that is <laughs> nice. true. Yeah.
1: But uh, we started episode one, you know, said goodbye to La La Land, hashtag La oh. La Land lost first. S- Sad. Please, Please. I know. Oh, I'm to have. No. Then episode <laughs> two, we said goodbye to... Oh, who did we say goodbye to that?
2: Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Rings. yes. Oh, someone's a... better. <laughs>
1: it had a <laughs> shit story. So goodbye, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Okay.
2: Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring. Were you, are you even part of this podcast? Was I here? Who knows? <laughs>
1: yeah. Who knows?
2: What was was I I am I the only one on I know this I podcast? in
0: one episode, it's only 10 in the morning.
1: I know. so tired. <laughs> I know. Why <laughs> am I so... It's not 10 in the morning. It is actually 10 at night. <laughs> Literally. Literally, right now. God.
2: Um. Then going. episode
1: three, we said goodbye—a fond farewell to the sh-
2: the shining. But before yes,
1: that, but before that, that, the big Lebowski. Yes, because it had it coming. It was a double elimination. That was a double elimination. It was our jaw-dropping
2: day, moment, or something. <laughs> and, and then I yes, was
1: sad goodbye or goodbye uh, sh- the shining. I'm still bitter about that.
2: I am, so too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about I, it. I, then, feel like, uh, uh, of
1: course. I feel like everything ended up where it should be. Episode four.
2: Sorry. We, we said and
1: Stitch. goodbye to Lilo and stuff. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> no, I, I just remember the order. Everything was voted off. Brett,
1: Brett still has it deep internalized. It's looking, a
0: cut. A I mean, point. I would be lying I if I said it doesn't hurt
2: anymore because it does. But I also just remember what was voted off what yes. week.
1: Episode five, we said
2: adieu to...
1: Brett, you oh, I don't feel
2: bitter about uh, that one.
1: That was. That's <laughs> cute. That
0: he doesn't remember. Getting cut. Uh, so. That was, that was Moonlight, right? Yeah.
2: Moonlight? Yeah, it was Moonlight. What that is that the, what the topic? topic? It was production, production design. design. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was Moonlight. Moonlight. That was Moonlight. So,
1: yeah, Moonlight. Who, yeah. Needs, it?
2: who, needs, needs.
1: who needs it? I needs it. Who needs it? Not anymore. You gotta film. After after Moonlight, we lost. That was another double elimination. It was. We lost.
2: India Jones. and The Last
1: Crusade,
2: which. Yeah. and Iron Man. Iron Man
1: and Iron Man oh. Iron Man
2: Iron Man it's
1: gone. Oh, Iron Man then we got down to the final four and it was quite tense because we all had one movie yep. my film got shot off the moon next Goodbye, The Princess Bride. Whatever, it's fine. It's not like it's my favorite movie ever or anything.
3: Please tell us how you really feel, because I'm, I'm there. <laughs> and
1: no, then honestly, Robbie, and then Robbie, the next episode be, had to unfortunately say goodbye to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which still better. I
2: think probably the, s- the single the biggest sleeper, upset yeah, s- on this podcast.
1: Possibly the biggest upset, and possibly the biggest sleeper hit out of all of our films this season. As mm. I mean, we all it kind of tightrope between. What, what do, do you do mean? You we all seem to remember it a lot fo- more fondly than any of us had earlier. I, I guess in that's true. Kind of. Yeah. Every time we talk about it, we're like, "Oh yeah, this movie is really
0: it's good." a like
2: good. Movie.
1: <laughs> and
0: know, then, then finally, really I, was, that credit. I think it was the episode when I was finally like, "I'm super not worried about this film like being on the chopping block this week." Yeah. Was and the week it was, it was gone. Yeah. But that's, that was your downfall. That's because you. your overconfidence is your weakness. Exactly. Yeah. And then Phoenix said that didn't count. so It flew too
1: close to the sun. That's what happens. We are on a moon. Yeah, a moon. I guess so. Don't get too close to the <laughs> but speaking oh, of the moon boy. tonight. The finale, the the main event, RoboCop versus Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, I oh, this was gonna happen. Somehow, for some reason.
2: <laughs> but uh,
1: here we are. So we'll see who gets to go home and who gets left to toil on the moon all by themselves, <laughs> never to be watched again. So. I gotta say, this is a very
4: David versus Goliath
0: type deal going yeah. on here. So uh, I know. Yeah, Let's talk <laughs> about how this is going to work. Uh, Phoenix is going to present his case, and we're going to talk about it like we always do. And then we'll move on to Brett, and we'll talk about it. The three of us are going to try and keep as open of a mind as
1: possible. I mean, five of us are. All five of us. I mean, <laughs> well, who knows? But Brett, sure? Brett could sway Phoenix and or vice versa. We'll see. I'm not That's true. i likely, true. but it is possible. So, <laughs> um, but unlike all of our
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. topics this season... This is a full evaluation yes. of the film. This is this our is best, picture. best picture category.
1: So it's every <laughs> aspect of the film, how it works as a cohesive unit. It's every single aspect of it all working together. Because as we talked about in our last couple of episodes, when you break down one thing and you talk about how it really isn't in relation you know, to the other one, you can't really talk about it in relation. This is where we get to talk about it. This is where we get to break it down in the finer details.
0: Yeah. So. Shannon, is there anything in particular you are looking for?
3: Uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, we have an
0: open. We have a blank slate. Three, three votes to grab, boys. Luckily, I never watched any of these movies. As, uh <sighs> As I said, just please. Please. give me
3: your best elevator pitch.
0: Okay, I said Phoenix first. We don't what have it, to go that way, of, but of fe- is I'll goats, do it right. Yeah. I said it, okay. but in right. well, quiet. Let's just yeah, Phoenix. Let's start the fracas. All right. Let's play Let's the fracas. Silence the
3: lambs, please.
0: Let me talk about it. Exactly.
4: Silence of the lambs. Oh, uh, say it again? Quiet goats. Yeah, quiet goats. It is, this please,
2: is... please, Phoenix.
4: Brett, I'm just going to talk about my movie, okay? I know. I watch you to. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I,
2: I know. Well, <laughs> hey,
4: Brett, would you let him talk about the movie, please? Uh, I'm anyway. trying. Brett, I'm going to talk about the movie.
2: Okay. Calm down. <laughs> but but do you think you could talk about, about the movie? Silence of the
4: lambs. Silence of the lambs.
2: Okay, but could you talk about the movie? Yeah. Okay.
4: Which movie? Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Why okay, are we stop. About it again? <laughs> We're done. <laughs> is it a
1: prism? No, it's a movie. Is it Shining?
2: Is yes. It, is, oh, okay. it, is it meticulous? The it,
4: Shining movie. It is meticulous. Silence of the Lambs is a fantastic film, like we've talked about unrelentingly for weeks, on, weeks on end, um, and we can go ahead and go over, you know, like this: the score, the uh, characters, the story, and all that stuff we've done before. Um, You've, you've heard all that before, you know why it's made it this far, so I'm not going to go over that. One thing I want to stress about Silence of the Lambs is the performance and the theme uh, for Silence of the Lambs. Performance-wise, I mean, it's just, you know, an acting clinic. There's Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. He's the reason why this villain and this character, as iconic as it is, you know, he, he started this whole thing. Um, the w- way he just delivers his lines, the way he presents himself, his body language is all so cunning and so um, scary and intimidating, and he just he works it like a charm. He, every line he says just feels so um, calculating and, and um, intimidating and scary, and he just does so well, and he's matched with Jodie Foster, who also puts on a great performance, and Maybe comparison in compared to, uh, Anthony Hopkins, an underrated performance though she did win the Oscar for it. But no one really talks about Jodie Foster's performance in this when they speak more about Anthony Hopkins. But she kills it as well. She's like a very good foil to Anthony Hopkins. Um, She plays such a like um, nervous new recruit character who just can't, um, who is in over her head. Uh, She is a very fish-out-of-water situation here. This is a case she's not ready for. And she she plays the, you know, West Virginia kind of nervous uh, young uh, recruit character really well. Uh, all of her talks with Hannibal Lecter and you can, you can see the fear in her eyes, like, is so well done. Um, it's something... It's a lot of emotion without dialogue. It's a lot of just facial expression, a lot of responses, a lot of reaction to Hannibal Lecter. Um, her scenes with buffalo bill and her other recruits you can really find her like shy and timid um atmosphere same with uh the actor who plays buffalo bill whose name is escaping me right now i don't know if someone wants to look it up yeah he is on another level as well his character is just so psychotic and disturbing and disgusting to see but he and he plays him so masterfully as um whenever he's like torturing the woman in the, uh, in the well, or when he's chasing Clary in the, uh, final, I guess, or climax of the film, uh, the way he moves is so like slithery and dancy, and has kind of a rhythm to it. He's, uh, he, but he's also like such a predator in the way he, um, tries to attack people. And it's just so incredible to see, um, so the performance, I can't stress enough, are really fantastic in this film. Uh, the I think also one thing this movie does great is like it tells such a great story and has such a great like uh, message and sort of kind of um, someone taking like going up against the odds. Um, we've seen so many uh, spy agency kind of films before, FBI movies before. Um, But I think this one sticks out because it is such... uh, It is such specific to how the case is applicable to the character itself. Like, this is a a guy, um, Buffalo Bill, who his crimes are that he's mutilating and, um, like, cutting up these, like, innocent women and it is torturing them and is cutting them up, killing them, and specifically targeting these women. And you have the... um, character who's trying to stop this man uh, just this kind of um, very shy nervous woman herself who is just like the people that Buffalo Bill tries to um, you know take advantage of and really try to get the better of and I think that's something that is sort of overlooked but also drives home this really great story is like it is both someone while dealing with such a madman like Ken Lecter, it's someone who's very much going after the person that is trying to kill this person, and I think it's um, it's not just you know another cop who's trying to stop a, a crime that is about that is unrelated to him, but it's just against the law. It's really someone who's doing that, but also doing it um, to kind of you know go against what the like the implications of the villain itself you know it's someone who has this personal attachment to this type of case and really wants to do it herself even though it puts her at the most danger than it would any other FBI agent and I think that's such a strong case or a strong point of the movie uh I think it's fantastic I think Hannibal Lecter's relationship with Clarice is um second to none I think it's you know it's a, it's a relationship you don't see in other movies it's uh, it's like a friend, but also the scariest friend you've ever seen. Um, it's someone who will really actually help you out, but as long as they just manipulate and destroy and um, break you down emotionally, just to, out of fun, but also is an actual valuable person to help you out. Um, so that's unique in its own. I think the uh, as far as like story beats, I think it you know hits all those um, hits all those points. Uh, and yeah, I think Jonathan Dem just. Or Demi just made a fantastic film. Uh, it's great in every like facet of filmmaking. Great cinematography, great score, great characters like what we've talked about before. It it's um, well done in all those fields, and I think it really drives it home in uh, the other parts of the filmmaking that we're talking about, like acting and story and theme and message. And
1: yeah, it's it's
4: great. It's so good.
1: Yeah, but what do you not like about it?
4: Uh, I don't really like, you know, how long it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a great one runtime.
1: Uh, but I really like it a lot. But what do you not like about it? I
4: don't not like anything
1: about it. Wow.
3: So if you're being cross-examined in a court of law, and they had you hooked up to lie detector. They're <laughs> measuring you know, your pulse and how quickly you're breathing. You're absolutely positive. There's not one facet of that movie that you don't like, or that maybe you started off not liking and then grew to like?
4: I mean, when I first, when I first watched it, I think there was, I kind of saw it as, you know, just an achievement in every kind of field. Um, Seeing it again, I feel very similar. I would say the only thing that I really, really have a problem with um, is something that I think Robbie brought up before in another episode where it's like, the criticisms about um, the transphobia in the film, mm-hmm. which I don't, I think is, is a problem, um, and I think it was something you said we could talk about here in yeah. this in this podcast and in, in this episode because um, I, mean, I was
0: waiting. I, yeah, I don't want to sound like I was waiting to slam it, but like it was it was something we you know talked about a little bit in yeah, and I think it is maybe my biggest critique of the film is the transmisogyny in it, and just the fact that like it perpetuates a trope of like a like a. Trans killer, Like, that starts kind of with Psycho and that, you know, people who identify as trans are just... Something is so wrong wrong with them that they snap and can become dangerous, whereas, I mean, they're just normal people. Yeah, and I think... They just live their lives and, like, you know.
4: Yeah, and I think that is something that um, I hold more of a problem with with the original source material, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to ignore it for this movie. I think it's, you know, like... Maybe my my only like real complaint about this yeah. about it is it does push on that um, that kind of false
0: narrative. So what I would say about the film versus the book in the situ- I'm, I haven't read the book, but I, what I can tell you is like if it is an issue with the source material, it's an issue that could have been avoided in this. Totally, film. I'm, not, I'm not saying that like you make Buffalo Bill not identify as trans or not make that, but the scene where Hannibal Lecter kind of equates the like hunt for beauty that uh, Bill has with you know needing to kill and that all stems from his confused sexuality and gender identity as the stem of it is where it gets a little shaky. Like, you don't have to necessarily include that. It's, you know...
4: I I totally agree. You I think, can talk
0: about the fact that this guy wants to kill people and skin them and turn them into clothing without talking about his gender identity.
4: Absolutely. And I agree with that completely. And I would even go a step further and say the inclusion of having the FBI agents kind of deduce his problem as being, like, his uh, inner self wanting to be a woman is very problematic and not appropriate at all. Um, I the reason why I like Buffalo Bill still, even though he's like a very problematic mm-hmm. character, we about is, this, yeah. um, yeah, we, and we talked about in the antagonist, mm-hmm. you know, episode, but, um, I think this is a, a case where, um, him, his, like, I think the, the crux of why he does what he does isn't necessarily his inner struggle, I think it's more just his inner self hate, and I think that's something that's not a false narrative in terms of, like, psychopathic killers. I think right. a yeah. lot of the uh, a lot of killers in real life are, do have a lot of self-hate and self-loathing that they then project on other people and mm-hmm. that's why they torture people and I think that kind of core element is something that um, I find very true about Buffalo Bill and one reason why I really like his character I think the FBI is like um, I guess analysis of him kind of falls into that sort of transphobic language and I yeah. don't think that's great at all and I think that's you know definitely a black mark on the film um, and that's
0: exactly what I'm getting at it's like you can still talk about the character's self-hate but saying that that self-hate stems from gender dysphoria or something like that is like just unnecessary yeah like, it is just transphobia transphobia definitely. For the sake of transphobia definitely and
4: this is that's where the film kind of shows it's like a, um it's like definitely what the um social thinking was in the in the 90s uh, towards like um transphobia or you know transgender trans- like trans people Um, which is, yeah, not something that you should, uh, you know, still uh, be, be okay with. Um, but, um.
0: But it's a lot like those, you know, like the Looney Tunes, like the, Mm -hmm. with, you know, Speedy Gonzalez seeing the title cards before. It's like, it was wrong. It's wrong now. It was wrong then, but we're not going to change it because it was like nothing was happening.
4: Right. And like I was saying, like, I think the, um. If you t- if you look at it in from a core, and even with most like transphobic comments, when you look at it, stuff in its core, it's a lot of like inner self hate, um, a lot of self loathing, a lot of uh, low self esteem for your own appearance and your own kind of I acceptance. Say,
1: he's very much about image. Exactly. All he's trying to do is look more beautiful.
4: Exactly, and that's why he kind of makes, yeah. the, you know, makes skin the skin suits. Suit. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of about a per- like appearance mm-hmm. and his own self image, that is, I think the um main problem which is something that i still find as like very interesting and such a compelling part of an antagonist is his like really deep flaw and why he does what he does yeah um so yeah i understand the kind of transphobia that kind of exists in it now um
0: i just think it's appropriate for us to address it i don't know if it necessarily lessens the quality of the film it's just one of those things that you look at and you you go ooh this Maybe in hindsight this doesn't age as well and some of that is what this comes down to when you're talking about best picture, you know, 20, 30 plus
1: years after each film's been released. Definitely. I do um, love this film. It's... One thing about this movie when you talk about it as a whole I can describe it as sinister and ominous which are two things that lots of movies strive to achieve but... That they don't always successfully get there. And Silence of the Lambs really nails, you know, it hits the nail on the head. Like everything between the music and the cinematography, and like you said, the performances, the performances are so phenomenal in this movie. They're perhaps it's. it's iconic. Uh, they are iconic. It's perhaps its strongest feature, is its performances. But how it all kind of weaves together seamlessly, because like you know, you take the music out and is it as effective? You take you know, the movement of the camera out, is it as effective? You know, you put someone less compelling in as a character, is it still as effective? It's all these different pieces coming together, you know, that's really so, like it it's such a beautiful marriage of, of filmmaking between different aspects and parts that makes it very effective. Um, and I, I, I agree with y'all on the you know the social commentary that it's it's problematic um i think other than that like if you we were talking about the film itself um it's pretty well paced as with any kind of mystery movie i think it dips a little plateaus just a little bit in the middle as they're like because it's after they've already started the hunt but before they're like oh we think we've got him the the pacing of the movie plateaus a little bit um it gets over it pretty quickly. I don't think it's you know that big of a deal, but it is. I mean, when we're when we're getting nitpicky with this kind of thing, I think that's definitely something to be said. Um, but yeah, that's
4: what I think about that. Yeah, it's the perfect Valentine's Day movie. Is sure, it, it was it was released on Valentine's Day. That's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. It Amazing. was yeah more
1: not so fun fact. Yeah. Nice.
0: No, w- I was kind of on your side until you just tried to say it was not the perfect Valentine's movie. <laughs> it is, movie. and now you're having to work a lot harder. <laughs> that final, that's just, a, that's just a, a nice
4: fun fact for everyone in the room and everyone can, listening. Can I vote for La, La Land? No, nope, nope, you can't.
3: Sorry. Retroactively vote for Lala La La La
0: La Land. Retroactively, um, we're all going to vote for Moonlight. Oh, Shannon, that's Brett, fair. do you all have anything to say?
3: Um, so I very recently watched this film. And it 100% lived up to my expectation. Okay, 98% lived up to expectations. The only thing I will say that um, because we're talking about performance in this episode, uh, initially as I was watching it, I was not as compelled by Jodie Foster's performance until, until you get close up and you're watching her face. And I think that's really where she starts to shine. It's the fact that, I mean, you have the combination of... Her voice is... Wants to be just as measured as Hannibal Lecter's, and it starts that way, and then you see it falter, and you see him uh, adopt a lot of her um, that West Virginia kind of twang, drawl. Wants to be from the south, mm-hmm. but it's not, Dr. you know, Lechner. exactly. And I think you know she's very self conscious of that, and um, her performance is, like I said, just really directed by. I mean, not only her speech mannerisms, but but the face. I would love to just. Watch the entire movie and and like see her pupils the entire time. It's it's amazing what you can glean just from that information. Um, you know the crinkle of her eyebrows and the fact that you know she wants to put on this brave face and you see it initially. You know she's can toy around with some of the other men that she encounters and she's very aware of the fact that you know she's being hit on constantly but doesn't let her bother her until she kind of descends into that lair and she's under the microscope of that. Hannibal electric glass that she's being protected within. So um, I definitely am pro Jodie Foster having watched the movie um, and I mean people I'm sure have written novels and books about um, Anthony Hopkins' performance so I really <laughs> le- wanted to focus on Jodie Foster but um, it is, it is it's a quietly impactful performance which I think is uh, something that a lot of actors struggle with. Yeah. She wasn't, you know, screaming in a lot of her mm-hmm. performing. I mean, well, didn't start off screaming in a lot of her performance, and it's the subtleties that really build. Yeah.
0: What I would say, just to piggyback off that a little bit, you know, it is such an incredible performance from Jodie Foster, and it sometimes is a shame that Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter is such a masterful performance because, I mean, any other film against anyone else in that role. You'd be like, yeah, they're both really good. And then you see Anthony Hopkins and you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is an iconic role that will define an entire generation of actors. And Jodie Foster does a fantastic job, but maybe sometimes gets a little overshadowed.
3: Yeah, and it's that, easy to get overshadowed by you know yeah, Anthony Hopkins by, by someone's uh, like
0: <laughs> career like pinnacle
4: moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's something that I was trying to touch on with like Someone this who leaves is
0: such an impression with only twenty four minutes of film screen time. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's another thing too.
4: You don't think about it, but they only share four scenes together throughout the movie. But those four scenes, you know, stick with you, which I think They're is some like, of the most iconic ones from the film. Definitely, I would say yeah, I would say they are the most iconic. Um, and Yeah, I just think, you know, Jodie Foster's performance is great and like this and it really goes into like it builds up all the way to the climax, like her character, because you see at the beginning, this is someone who like shivers in fear just talking to her boss, you know, and someone who just can't even make eye contact with. The, um, the FBI agent she has with that like, in, in her person, because, like you said, like, some of them are, uh, like, flirtatious and she doesn't want to be a part of that. Some of them give her awkward looks and thinks, like, oh, you know, like, another woman FBI agent or something. Like, she gets all of these factors, or all these, like, kind of feelings from these other people, and she just can't, she can't make eye contact with them. She can't tell them off. She kind of, like, like, brushes them off, ignores them, but doesn't, like, stand up for herself. So this is someone who... Like just in those little moments where um she has these kind of other factors in um in her life, and she even kind of loses or is defeated in those moments. This is someone who's going after a psychopathic killer who preys on innocent women. So you really feel like she's the completely wrong person for this job because it is she's very much like a soon to be victim if if you will, like especially at the beginning this is it's um but she's able to you know achieve that and like overcome the odds and the obstacles and stuff and that's what I was trying to like get into like this is such a like an empowering and um amazing uh you know kind of achievement that she makes her character makes and I think Jodie Foster conveys that so well it's not it, even in the climax of the film you still don't believe that she can do it cuz she still is like shaking a lot um she's very you know new this is her first you know time kind of approaching a killer so even when she's trying to Uh, look for the killer in his room or in his house and the lights go out and she and when she finds the victim in the well this like she's freaking out she's visibly freaking out so it's still someone who you don't believe you you know I mean you kind of know because it's a film but you also don't know for sure if she's gonna like really accomplish this and I think her her mannerisms and her body language and her facial expressions like her pupils like you were saying like really capture the character well and really like make it make this movie like a big home run i think it's great great.
3: i think um, oh sorry i'm just gonna throw Um, in one more thing go for it um sorry brett no it's fine uh i mean i think that (sighs) clarice doesn't get enough credit just because um i mean she starts off the film um she obviously can hold her own physically um you know she's She doesn't really take a whole lot of crap from a lot of people. Um, She's small in stature. Uh, She is a woman. Um, She's noticed visibly by a lot of other men. But also, I mean, it takes a lot of guts to just say, yes, sure, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I also um, fixate on when she tells uh, Dr. Chilton that, oh, maybe I should just go down by myself. Um, and then they have a little bit of repartee and, you know, Oh, why did you, you could have saved me a lot of time. Oh, I just wanted, you know, the pleasure of your company. Um, so she knows what she's doing. I think any normal person with a pulse would be, you know, a little bit, a little bit worried about going down there by themselves. And I also have to, in my mind, I'm like, I'm still, you know, would this really happen? Would, would nobody escort her down there? But at the same time, (laughs) I mean, you know, um, she know, I think she knows what she's doing to some extent. I don't know that she knows the full extent of what she's getting into, but um, I don't think that she shies away from it at all. I mean, she's obviously seen and known a lot of trauma in her life, so um, I think she is in some way an ideal candidate. I mean, it doesn't help that she also fits the profile of a victim, but, I mean, she she has a lot of other defining characteristics that um, set her apart and really established that you know she's she's definitely capable
4: definitely yeah her um her skills and her intelligence carry her to be you know such a great agent um and that's why she's able to do what she does um she knows what she's doing for sure uh emotionally and maybe like um in identity she's you know a Little nervous and intimidated, but yeah, for sure. Like, her, I'm a a little nervous for her, (laughs) yeah. But her actual, like, yeah, intelligence and skill level and you know, training, all of that, you know, culminates to why she's able to do what she does,
2: yeah.
4: Brett,
0: Brett. your main opponent,
2: what do you like in this movie? I'm uh, like. I don't know what I can say that hasn't already been said like yeah it's a good movie it's a great movie it's I it's an iconic movie it's got great performances it's got great characters just everything about it just comes together just so well and like like we've talked in the production design cinematography and score episodes just all of it just comes together to just be so good and just the character of yeah, Hannibal Lecter, only there for twenty-four minutes, but still just blows everybody away. Uh Jodie Foster just Yeah, just she's she's got the smarts and she's got the skills, but she's still always kinda like it like it feels like she's about to like just like a stiff breeze might make her crumble, but she keeps with it and uh, I'm going to be honest, It's it's been a while since I've seen Silence of the Lambs. I remember all the scenes that we're talking about just not as in-depth. Like I saw it back in high school, back when you think you know everything about cinema mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I was kind of like, yeah, it was a good movie. I've seen Silence of the Lambs. I like it, yeah. Uh-huh.
4: Back when you see Memento and you're like, oh, people don't know about this. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. That, like that, that <laughs> period of time. Wait,
1: guys, have y'all seen this movie? Called, it's called Memento. Oh, it's uh, so good. Okay. I just found it on Netflix. Oh, yeah.
0: What?
3: Oh my goodness! Wow, a hidden gem. It's very, Christopher very Nolan, like,
1: before anyone knew who Christopher Nolan was. Yeah. Before Batman, before, before. he made movies before Batman, I he know. made Batman. What? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy.
2: Anyway, am <laughs> not getting my fingerprints on that train wreck? <laughs> but yeah, and so it's like uh, just with all the conversations we've had, you might have noticed. Like, I don't talk about it like as adoringly as the rest the rest of us here but it's like that's not to say that i don't like, like i still recognize it's a good movie it's just it's been a while but that's no fault against the movie uh you're, you're gonna have to remind me i remember it opens up with jodie foster kind of like doing like the obstacle course mm-hmm. is is this the movie where it opens up where like she does like the tactical clearing but she doesn't clear the corner, so the like the instructor or proctor like comes up to like behind her with the gun and it's Yeah, like, you're talking about
4: the the shooting, the like the shooting range at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, and so it's just, I like that. I just feel like that, just like that, and the rest of her character just like really just, just it's just, t- like that whole opening tells you just exactly what you need to know about her. It's just kind of like yeah, she's got the book smarts and she's like she's got all the book learning down. It's like you know, she's not perfect, and so you know exactly who she is and like where she's coming from. And it's like yes. She's capable, but like she hasn't really gotten her feet wet, so yeah, to speak. You spend
0: the whole movie wondering, like, you know, yeah, kind of like she's oh, is, ready in theory, but is, is she, she going to crack under
2: the pressure? Yes. Is that stiff breeze going to come by and make her crumble? And so it's like, and I just really like how it's just such a character. Like, it is an f like in a movie about the FBI trying to catch somebody, but it's very character driven. And I like how it's just kind of like, I feel like saying small scale will do a disservice because it's a guy killing people to wear their skin. They're like That's not small, scale, small but, scale, but, but then it's, but, but it's not like, it's not like, Oh, oh we gotta, daughter. but it's not like, Oh, this person's like going to kill the president or this person's going to blow up Washington, DC, like your other, like FBI, CIA action movies and whatnot. So I love how character driven it is. And then even at the end, even though like Clarice has shown that she is capable, okay, well, she still like kind of lucks out. In a way, in the basement, she's there, just totally fumbling around in the dark, and it's only because she hears Buffalo Bill's gun that she spins around and takes him out. And it's kind of like you were this close, Clarice, and it's just kind of like so. Yeah, the whole just kind of like, is she gonna make it? And I just like, yeah, like it's just yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I mean, like Carter said, there is a one spot where like it does kind of plateau, but that's being nitpicky about it and this
0: is where we get to be nitpicky though yeah i
2: know and just like as we said as we've said before like about like each of our movies there is that kind of like give and take and ebb and flow and like it can't be on all the time but yeah just still overall it's yeah it's a good movie like yeah
4: yeah and i uh i Appreciate you showing its merit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know we're at odds right now, but we both love both I'm, of these movies. I mean, like,
2: yeah, we both like these movies, and it's like, yeah, we're technically competing, but I, like, I don't see any reason to try to unnecessarily and unfairly and, uh, uh what's take the word? Jabs, uh, yeah, just kind of, like, uncharacteristically take jabs that aren't, like, sincere or anything. It's like, if I had legitimate, like, big criticisms, I would bring them forth, but just everything we've talked about, everything I've heard based on my personal experience with it, there's nothing outstanding. It's like, is it a perfect movie? No, some things are problematic as we've talked mm-hmm. about, but like yeah, it's like it's good.
4: Yeah. Um I uh I agree, of course. Um it's, it's so fantastic. I think also incredibly rewatchable, uh and oh there's a reason why we still talk about it today and still watch it today because mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, I don't know if I... I have nothing else to say on it. I don't know if y'all do.
1: Anyone else holding anything back?
0: Oh, um,
3: go ahead, Carter. Go ahead.
1: Um, just so it is out there, not that it necessarily swayed to sway anyone, but this film did win Best Picture. It won, five, it won five, Oscars. Oscars, five Oscars writing.
4: It won both actor, both actor, actor,
1: actor, actress. Writing, director, directing,
4: and best picture. best picture. And it was nominated for that, sound and filmmaking. Or that, film editing. That actor <laughs> was making. a supporting
1: actor, just so <laughs> yeah. to,
0: to be yeah. clear, it was a supporting actor, not actor. Yes. he's yeah. technically Hannibal Actor with his screen time. Right. Yeah. Was, Does not, qualify, or... was not a lead actor in a leading role. He's a supporting one. Sad. Yes.
3: I yes.
0: Think? Okay. Yes, I, we checked that. Okay, yeah. Then yes, that's what it was.
3: Phoenix, since this is your film that uh, you're <laughs> defending here, um, I thought I'd ask, so I know that... I'm trying to think of other serial oh, killer movies. What, what other serial killer movies corrected. do we really have that I mean that came before Silence of the Lambs?
4: Serial killers that came before Silence of the Lambs?
3: Yeah, serial killer films specifically that may or may not have influenced Silence of the Lambs because I'm... I'm wondering what kind of precedent Silence of the Lambs will have set for movies like the new uh, Ted Bundy biopic that uh, Zac Efron's going to be in. And while, I mean, the source material is not, you know, fictitious per se, I think there's a lot that, you know, is, you know, are we going to view that new movie through a Silence of the Lambs kind of lens? I kind of wanted to see um, your take on that. Uh, I
4: mean, well, off the top of my head, uh, I don't know necessarily... I'm drawing a blank on f- films where the cops are trying to stop killers, but, I mean, right now, as far as, like, serial killer movies, um, you know, there's Psycho, there's uh, okay. uh, uh, Taxi Driver. Those are the two that stick out to me right now. Okay.
3: Oh, um, well, yeah, I mean, aside from, like, the, the, the big stuff.
4: Yeah, we're, okay. like the, but that's more. that's more when, like, the killer is, like, the main character. Sure. As far as, like, cop... Or, like... Police or FBI movies that are searching searching for serial killers before *Science of the Lambs*. I'm drawing a blank. Any, if anyone was, wants um, to jump
1: in now. Well, actually, *Science of the Lambs* was not the first adaptation of the of these series of novels. Mm-hmm. Um, *Manhunter*. Was, yeah, *Manhunter* '88. Yeah, uh, something, something like around that. That. which was actually an adaptation of um, *Red Dragon*, which is yes, which they remade mm-hmm. later with um, Anthony Hopkins, and that one had Brian Cox's. Um, Hannibal Lecter. And if it tells you anything, that movie doesn't get talked about nearly as much. So okay, it was not fair. Yeah. Okay. I guess there's also,
4: there's also M by Fritz Lang. Mm-hmm. That's um, really The right? really German it. film. Yeah. yeah, if you want to go way back. Um, <laughs> and that one's incredible as well, if anyone hasn't seen it. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that's kind of. Uh, those are kind of maybe some influences that Jonathan Demi probably drew from. I would say. That as far as what it's influenced, I think it's influenced so many different like serial killer type films. Um, I think it's got, you know, I feel like any serial killer movie or FBI agent searching for serial killer movie, any kind of like serial killer thriller uh, has kind of drawn some things from Silence of the Lambs Um, uh, recently that... Uh, Netflix series Mindhunter I know mm-hmm. it takes a lot from Sons of Lamb," especially mm-hmm. with the ebb and flow of like killer to police officer kind of speaking mm-hmm. um, I think Zodiac also takes Zodiac. a lot oh, from it so. um, Seven as well Seven with Kevin Spacey's role um, yeah. uh, who we don't like um, but and they, and they all take uh, a lot of
0: clues especially the better ones like to create an entire mood for the film like it's yeah,
4: yeah. and I think just um, in particular like how I feel that before Silence of the Lambs um, maybe, and I could be speaking totally wrong because I wasn't alive before Silence of the Lambs but I think the, <laughs> the sort of um, kind of idea that most audiences had and the way media portrayed it was that these serial killers were just, were crazy and wild and like very frantic and manic and like um, uh, insane, just you know Axe-wing killers um, yeah, like, like
2: uh, The Shining that I also had earlier but and like all your like 80s yeah, like trash Friday horror 13, movies mm-hmm. Friday 13th Nightmare on Elm Street exactly what have you it's just oh just crazy people being crazy exactly
0: crazy and, and I think and slashing their way through life yeah, yeah like and I think Silence of the Lambs
4: uh, yeah and I think Silence of the Lambs broke the mold in being like a killer movie where this guy's a doctor who speaks very Uh, with a very high vocabulary and...
3: Very sophisticated. Very sophisticated, measured
4: measured and smart and knows things and is calm, like, in a, like, tone and body language. He's um, very uh, reserved, not reserved, but... uh, He's very
3: confident and self-assured in in how he presents himself.
4: Exactly, and Mm -hmm. I think that's something that was different at the time, and I think now a lot of serial killer and killer movies kind of take from that, is these killers that aren't just crazy... um, uh, violent human beings but are people that are actually very educated and, and sophisticated um, but just happen to have these homicidal tendencies in their brain and stuff. And I think homicidal that's something t- that Silence of the Lambs kind of started and has, you know, been an existing trope now on from in popular culture.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. So We've talked that film to death now. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think it is time we move on to our other competitor. The one, the only... <laughs> RoboCop. Take it away, Brett.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. RoboCop. I love it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There <laughs> it is. Okay.
0: Good let's night, vote, everybody. Guys,
4: <laughs> Man, that was so no. good. The argument was so <laughs> good. good. <laughs> well, let's,
2: do it. let's do the vote. Compel no, us, just... <laughs> please. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know where quite where to start because... Start at the
1: beginning.
2: We've. Friends, just go, the first go, time you go. <laughs> saw RoboCop. The first time I saw RoboCop. You were
3: but a wee lad.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just because just over the course of the the past eight episodes, just talked about. it I don't know what else I can say about it in a different way that I haven't already said that we haven't already talked about. It. I think just. I think it's a lot better than people kind of give it credit for. It is always kind of, at least whenever like I talk to people about it that aren't like super familiar with it, they're just kind of like, oh, like it's that dumb movie about a cyborg police officer. I'm like, yes, it is a movie about a cyborg police officer, but it's so much deeper than you would think, especially since it came out late 80s, just at the height of just, like, cheesiness and just, like, B-list movies and trash horror and all that. And just, like, even initially Paul Verhoeven, he got the script and he threw it away because he's like, I'm not making a movie about some guy that gets turned into a robot cop. But then his wife took it out of the trash and looked at it. And she's kind of like, no, I think, like, if you apply, like, your sensibilities to this, you can, like, make a good story because, like, it's about this guy trying to be human. And he's kind of like, all right, I'll take another look at it. He did. He talked to Ed Newmyer, the writer, or one of the writers, and he made it. And we got this really touching, surprisingly touching, surprisingly deep, surprisingly complex and layered sci-fi action, like even like almost like neo-western kind of movie out of it. And it's just a story of this one police officer that wants to do right by his family. Uh, in futuristic dystopian rundown industrial Detroit, where Omni Consumer Products has basically just taken control of everything, and they're managing the police department right into the ground, and they're the people up there are treating these police officers' lives as pawns so they can get their contracts and their ideas to the forefront. Miguel Ferrer's character, he, he's R. The R he's the one that comes up with the RoboCop program and he's the one that's like kind of responsible for moving Alex Murphy to, I forget if he gets moved to the South or Metro or he gets moved there. Cause he kind of knows like, cause he talks about it. He's like, Oh yeah, we've ide- we've identified candidates that we think would be most likely to become good participants in the RoboCop program. And so he's like, all, like, he doesn't like play a game of chess with these people, but he basically does kind of, see them as just kind of like, oh, we own the cops, we can do whatever we want with them. And he just takes this, he takes this humanity away from Alex Murphy in a kind of roundabout way. And then when Alex Murphy is getting turned into Robocop and he boots up those two or three different times, just showing, just showing like how they're progressing and turning him into a thing that they own and work on rather than somebody that used to be somebody and they're kind of like oh he's still got an arm let's now like we're getting rid of it and got to replace him with this titanium skeleton and all that
3: that could crush every bone in your hand i might add it
2: could crush every bone in your hand (laughs) (laughs) and just every just so yeah it just shows just the fall of this police officer that just wanted to do the best job that he could and wanted to just come home to his wife and kid. And then he goes on that journey and rediscovers his humanity, rediscovers his memories, but then still has to live and feel the fact that he remembers them, but he can't feel them and he'll never see them again because like he's RoboCop, he's a new Alex Murphy, and he's had to leave this life behind and just i don't know like i'm i feel like i'm talking in circles and rambling but it's just it's a more complex more layered movie with a much deeper theme than people would think about it and then just it's got it's got some good satire in there but yeah that's a whole different conversation but then uh i feel like all the performances from everybody are like I feel like they're all good. I feel like they all work very well together as just an ensemble, as a whole cast. No, there is no iconic Anthony Hopkins or Jodie Foster or Buffalo Bill or anything like that. But then it's also kind of hard to compare this. Like, Other than the fact that these movies both deal with law enforcement, I'm not sure we could compare any oh, yeah. two, d- two so different movies. And so it's just kind of like... Yes, with Silence of the Lambs, you have these iconic performances. But uh, the one thing, like, I might say is kind of like, yes, you have these iconic performances, but it's like, it's really just them. But then it also goes with it being a very character-driven movie. Whereas with Robocop, also very character-driven with Alex Murphy Robocop, and then Kurtwood Smith's character of uh, Clarence Boddicker. Uh, but it's it's also like the like the whole cast is there, and like they all work very well together from... Yeah, Miguel Ferrer to Dick Jones to Dan O'Hurley's old, old man to Ann Lewis. Just everybody just does a good job. They all have their own unique character, but they also all serve their own purpose and also help to shape RoboCop's journey and all just show the different asp- all the different forces and aspects that are just converging on him and how they kind of affect him and his, his character arc. Uh, then it's also, uh, uh, Detroit, while it is dystopian, uh, I feel like it's
0: also Dallas,
2: (laughs) (laughs) it is is also Dallas. Yeah. takes place in Detroit, filmed in Dallas. But, uh, something I noticed when I watched it the last time was, uh, the police force is actually very diverse and very bad equality because you you go through the locker room and there are people of color there are white people there are men there are women and they're all there getting all sharing the same locker room same locker room all getting showered all getting naked together and it's kind of like hey look at that detroit might be in the crapper but hey equality (laughs) diversity it's good i just wish we weren't getting killed out there you know home of
0: the roman bathhouses
2: (laughs) 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 and Then and then even the police officers, the whole police force, like even they like they get a say in the movie It's kind of like, yeah, like OCP is going to manage us right into the ground. We should like we should strike. We shouldn't be taken for granted like OCP is doing. And you get the interview with the one guy on the street He's kind of like, oh, police aren't supposed to strike. But like nobody cares about the police. They shouldn't be taken for granted. Then even the sergeant is kind of like we're police officers, not plumbers. We don't strike. We serve the public trust. And it's just kind of like, there's that very interesting kind of like, yes, like this is their job, but also no one's fighting for them. They're fighting for the little guys, but who's fighting for them? It's kind of like who watches the Watchmen kind of thing. And so it's just like, like RoboCop isn't the only one having problems. Like the police officers are having problems. Detroit's having a problem. And OCP is just kind of like, yeah, we'll build new Detroit. It's all about the money, dollars and cents in all that and then dick jones is there playing both sides of the field trying to get the law enforcement but also trying to get the crime and just yeah it's just there's a lot more going on in this movie than people kind of realize at first glance yes
1: i uh and... I,
2: are you done? oh I was, I was i was just about to say kind of like i don't quite know where to go next okay. well i <laughs> like i I know it is not a perfect movie. I know it is a product of its time. And so it's like, I know there are issues with it. (laughs) But I feel like overall, it is a very quality movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, It also won an Oscar. It was nominated for... Was nominated for three. It won best sound editing. Was nominated for best film editing and best sound mixing. Wow, so well, that's where we can compare it because <laughs> it was also nominated. And didn't yeah, win. but yeah, basically
0: it's, the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, they law the law
2: enforcement movie. sound Oscars. With you know, editing.
1: What I was going to say earlier because you brought it up. There are. I was thinking about it and I was like, there's kind of a strange similarity between these movies thematically, because they're kind of like complimentary opposite kind of things because it's like Silence of the Lambs is like this very like by the book, you know, Clarice by the book, you know, like clean agent, so to speak. And she essentially has to become more corrupted and work with, you know, Dr. Lecter and to catch this other killer. And it's like, yes, we won, but at what cost? Like, what have we become (laughs) that we let this man, you know, escape? And Robocop's kind of the opposite. It's like, this is a very corrupt world and he like that gives birth to this man and he essentially has to become a pure spirit at the end kind of thing
2: so. yeah uh fun facts uh I, I i was just looking around for detroit trivia when we were going to do our heavyweight introductions that we're no longer doing unfortunately and, uh, i found out that the motto of detroit is we hope for better things it shall rise from the ashes and then Not to get into the whole Jesus allegory, but it's kind of like what you say, like this whole corrupt city gives birth to this guy and it does rise from the ashes. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that. I was just kind of like, man, like this movie is a lot deeper than people give it credit for. The Christ
1: imagery is definitely there in Robocop. They were... They were definitely going for
2: something like that. Like, like, yeah, like Paul, Paul Verhoeven has said, like, uh-huh. like he, like he did mean to do that. But I feel like it's not like overbearing no, no, or like no. over heavy handed. No. It's, like, yeah. it's definitely, it's It's just, it's. If it you want to find there. it,
3: you can find it.
2: Like, yeah, like they don't try to hide it, but they're also not kind of like, oh, get it, get it, yeah. kind of thing.
3: Well, this obviously not, was not a movie made by yeah. Darren Aronofsky. I love, it's
1: not John <laughs> yeah. Carpenter. No. Or whatever.
3: Yeah. I love
2: RoboCop. Wait, John Carpenter. <laughs>
4: J.C. Carpenter. That's like the classic like Jesus allegory thing.
2: Oh, I, I was thinking... The like di- the
4: trope, the John Carpenter trope.
2: Oh, I was thinking of the director, the director John, John Carpenter. <laughs> Carpenter. Oh, for right. a second, I was like, "Michael Myers isn't a Christ figure, is he?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, have to, this movie I movie. I you have, have to watch that movie. I you should see movie. it again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry.
1: But uh, no, I do. I do love this movie because it is very much like you were saying. It, it's a product of its time, and it is in a way that when I think of '80s movies and I think of like '80s action, this very much is there because it's like. You think of like ter- I think or I personally think of like Terminator and like Die Hard, Die hard Lethal Weapon, Lethal, we- lethal Weapon, aliens, a- aliens, Predator. Like all of those movies and it, it fits in like I grew RoboCop with that even though it was actually at the very tail end because it was yeah, 1987. 87. And it, 87. Yeah. So it was it was at the tail end of that decade, but it still very much feels like that. Yeah. But it also kind of you know, by its nature as a sci-fi film has a timeless quality to it in that it is, you know, in this future. And you can definitely feel (laughs) that it's, you know, an 80s movie. But it does have that kind of, we're separate from the current time.
2: Yeah, because, like, you look at Die Hard, it's like, oh, one man against the entire tower of terrorists. Mm -hmm. Lethal Weapon is, oh, crazy Mel Gibson and Danny Glover just against this crazy, like, just things get, like, over the top in each of these movies. And it's like, RoboCop is, like, over the top, in a way, but it never gets, it never goes like off the rail. So like it does fit in with these other 80s action Mm -hmm. movies, but like, like it fits in, but it's also kind of like the black sheep of them to where it kind of like manages to like just break away and do enough different from them to be its own thing.
1: Well, and I think that also ties in with the satire that you kind of, undercut a little bit when you were talking about it i think that's a i think that's a definite talking point on this film isn't it i
2: I meant to come back to it but then i just got caught up in everything else
1: it is a brilliant satire of those of that kind of era of movies um which i mean kind of got followed up with starship troopers check that out also a great satire Mm -hmm. the first one Don't watch the other ones but um robocop you know to its credit is a great piece of satire and has those satirical elements while also being it's one of those rare movies that can kind of toe the line between like really good commentary and satire while also having a kind of a core and a heart that the audience can relate to because normally with satire you look at like something like Dr. Strangelove and it's like yes this is you know brilliant and funny but at the end of the day you're laughing when they all blow up like spoiler alert it's not (laughs) like what (laughs) You're not, you're not, you're not crying that the world has ended. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, you're like, you feel it at the end when he's like, "I'm Alex Murphy," kind yeah. of
2: thing. What's your name, son? Murphy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. just every time, it's just like, yes.
1: <laughs> and I do, yeah, I agree that this also, like, science Lambs, does a very good job when you're like putting all the elements together, like the music with the performances, with the the effects in this movie are kind of like charming if that's the right yeah, word like, it's not like i wouldn't say dated but they are i think yeah kind of charming and kind of fit into its own aesthetic yeah which i think was really good um should i say meticulous meticulous <laughs> i think i think it's very good <laughs> yeah whatever else thinks. Yeah.
3: performances in robocop what i really liked about robocop Uh-oh. that i think you know sets it apart from Silence of the Lambs is, you know, we talk about Silence of the Lambs being driven primarily by these single actor performances. And the thing about Robocop in particular that I liked is it's a community-based performance. No, you're not spending lots of screen time on multiple, you know, like one or two characters except for, of course, Alex Murphy and, and, you know, your cluster of four or five-ish main characters, I would say. But Especially, like, the boardroom scenes. I, it All of the performances together, the combination of all the lines that are being said, it makes that world feel so much more believable. And you know, we talk about Robocop being a product of its time. Um, but I think once you get past the fact that it's like, okay, this is the world that we've set up. These are the performances that are, that are all kind of melding together to create this product and lift up this one man. Um, I mean... RoboCop isn't like unbelievable based on the world that you've set up and the people that are inhabiting it. And I like that a lot. I mean, yes, it's a fantastic idea. Well, it's a very, it's very out of this world kind of idea to me. Um, just because, uh, you know, of the aesthetic, it's a sci-fi film, it's dystopian, all of these things. It's something that is, you know, scarily getting more accessible as, um, history progresses but i mean these performances all add to it and a lot of the passing lines that are you know kind of tossed aside um feel so much more real and i think that's something that i like a good bit more maybe you know silence of the lambs is is not something of course that i want to be able to channel or like you know really feel a part of that kind of world <laughs> um but you know the performances in Robo- robocop definitely you know Make me feel kind of ingratiated. Not in experiences, and I think that's why it's such a compelling movie. Um, even for somebody who, no, I didn't grow up watching RoboCop. Uh, uh, I have very little experience with RoboCop, RoboCop, but I still, I like. You know, I did enjoy it. It's something that keeps your interest. Uh,
2: just to bounce off of that real quick, I actually did not grow up with RoboCop.
3: Brett, I actually... what? <laughs> the First, first <laughs> line: <sucked. laughs> "Shannon's upset." <I'm> so <laughs> <shocked>. <laughs> Yes. A paradigm I
2: mean, I, I, I had always heard about RoboCop growing up. Like I knew okay. it was something that was in pop culture. I knew it was something that was like in was, the zeitgeist, but I actually okay. didn't see RoboCop until, uh, 2013, my freshman year of college, I was having, <laughs> you know, I was, I was at a very low point in my life <laughs> and I like, I didn't. I just started at UT. Didn't have any friends. Hadn't met any of these nerds yet. But you had
3: Alex Murphy.
2: No, I had. A, I, I knew well, somebody that had a knew bunch somebody of, who had. I, I knew somebody that had a bunch of movies. I was like, Oh, Robocop. I'll watch this, and I watched it. And I was just kind of like, Wait, this was actually really good. I really liked this. I thought this was just a cheesy movie, and then I've grown up with Robocop for the past four or five years (laughs) has anybody
3: here actually grown up watching robocop no
0: No. i grew up with a strange connection to robocop though i saw
3: it
4: i I did the same i saw it my freshman year when (laughs) uh our committee okay. that we're in Showtime screened
0: it. Um, I yeah.
1: grew up not far away from Dallas, I and was I only saw it a couple of weeks ago in preparation for this podcast. So, <laughs>
0: Fantastic. I, have, I have an interesting connection. I have uh, an. You aunt, are
3: Robocop? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, have a
0: great, I have a great aunt. Robbie. Uh, so, my grandmother's sister, who her partner, is, he was an extra in Robocop 3. It's ah. so weird. It's such a weird story because it's not that impressive but like every time i bring up you know my passion for filmmaking or whatever she's like oh gene was in robocop three. 3 and i'm like that's the worst robocop until like 2014 when i was like that's the, that's second, the worst. second worst robocop <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, all
3: right, yeah, well, That's pretty cool. Everything's though. a lie. Um, everything's a lie. Bright didn't yeah. grow up with Robocops. So. I, mean, so, I
2: didn't know this I, either. I feel like. I, mean, is... I I'm sorry if I led you guys to believe that I grew up watching this every day of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I finally
3: admitted this to us.
2: Yeah, I, I talked to Robbie and Carter about this wait, okay. like even before we had started even this talking a, about doing a podcast. A late
0: night conversation where we all admitted a bunch of movies that we say yeah. we've watched or it's grew like, up with he, that I we I mean, like,
2: no, I didn't grow up with it, but I mean. I still love it, and that doesn't make that doesn't anything make you, I say yeah. less genuine.
1: Yeah. It's inter- still poetry. Introduce yourself to me saying, Hello, my name is Brett Johnson, and I saw RoboCop freshman year of college. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh why? <laughs> oh, well, nice so, to meet uh, uh, To real because this is a
0: long episode already, um, let me talk about RoboCop just a little bit. <laughs> Brett, Brett uh, giggled, because I think I went off on him a little bit in uh, some rage last week when I was... So- when the upset of Roger
1: Rabbit happened.
2: Uh, I, I was giggling because you said it was a long episode, so I was kind of like, huh. "Yeah, yeah. We are
1: one and a half in. I would, expect, I would expect our finale to be a little bit gentle-sized.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> even though, it's, even though it's only two movies. <laughs> it's
1: the culmination.
0: It's, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so RoboCop is, to me, not as, I guess, special or to, as it is to some other people, and we've realized that over the last few weeks, is that... I think it's a perfectly good movie. It doesn't capture me the same way it captures you guys. And I, I've been spending the last week just, you know, racking my head trying to figure out what it is that you guys get about it <laughs> that I don't. And I think it started to click when Brett talked about it. I think it is just deeper and has more going on than I give it credit for. And I think I just cannot get myself out of this idea that it's a dumb action <laughs> movie from the 80s. And... While I see the value and I see that like there is something going on that I don't click with, I still just the way that it is aged and the uh just, you know, the fact that I can't seem to see it as anything <laughs> other, it leads me to think that it's a worse movie. And we'll get into voting, but I I mean, you really you fought hard for it and I <laughs> and I at the end of last week I was like, I don't like this movie. By this week, I'm like, I like this movie. We have two good movies. I'm glad we ended up where we ended up. Yeah, but I, I wanted to get that's, that out there. That's so wholesome. <laughs> it's, it's, the, wow. it's, it's, nice. it's, it's the odd couple.
4: Aww. Yeah, exactly. Oh so. yeah. I, um, I just, I really like Phoenix this.
2: Destroy just, him. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I was about to say, I just like how warm and cozy this is. Just talking good ah, about these movies. No I just really like it. It just feels so wholesome in here. Yeah.
0: I mean, we got to. A, I I thought this was gonna be one of our most intense episodes, and we got to a I, point where it was like.
2: I, I don't know. I like, after, I like so, things after being laid weeks, back.
1: We've realized these are two good movies. We've also yeah. talked to death about these movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're both. I think we're all very comfortable with the source yeah. material here. At the um, end of the day, we like these movies. At the, end, yeah. at the end of the day, this whole thing is supposed to be a celebration. Of well, the yeah,
2: because our description is four friends fighting for a film. And yeah. It's like, Robbie, this movie doesn't capture you the way that it does other people. That's that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. I'm sure, play. there are
1: other people who are not captured by this movie.
2: Yeah, like, it's fine.
0: Like, the people RoboCop
2: doesn't
1: And there is capture. one person in the world who doesn't like Silence of the Lambs. Definitely.
0: There's <laughs> one person who doesn't, and actually that one person <laughs> is all three of us. Silence of the Lambs what is gone. Sh- it's <laughs> gone. It's <laughs> gone. It's the one person is <laughs> <with> three people.
2: <laughs> what? But, um, I know de- I'm sick, but I'm not that sick. <laughs>
0: Phoenix, you. I guess you haven't said much about this film. You want to give your, <laughs> yeah, I was, I your was, final thoughts on it?
4: I was waiting and to go, I guess, last since... Brett had waited for <laughs> the to go for ham one. on it. Yeah, no, um, no, no, not <laughs> ham. Um, maybe bacon.
1: Uh, wow. So, Canadian bacon. a <laughs> so, hot take sizzling. This like is like
4: bacon. This is something that I went back and looked at myself. Um, I got. I went back and listened to all of our episodes, and
3: he's breaking out the paper. Went out and
0: uh, created an algorithm. Yeah, He <laughs> yeah. has this new pitch for a social media site called The Facebook. <laughs> I thank y'all for calling it an algorithm because
4: it's really just two names and a bunch of check marks. Oh, it's a pro con list. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went back in
4: our episodes and I listened to all the times we picked our favorites at the end of the episodes. And I wanted to mark off how many times we picked Signs of the Lambs and how many times we picked RoboCop. Uh, we actually picked RoboCop five times. I th- think if this is, could be wrong but I went back and listened to it. We picked it five times for five different types of favorites. Brad, I think you were three of those. I mean, but probably. we did pick five of them. <laughs> and then for Silence of the Lambs we picked three. Um, and I actually went back and looked and I think I picked the other two Robocop and I don't I think I picked Silence of the Lambs once. So I actually gave Robocop more favorites than I did Silence of the Lambs my own movie. Um wow. which is a surprise that I saw or whatever. Um, I don't want to talk about how many times we picked Who Roger Rabbit, because it was a good amount. <laughs> it was intense um, when it lost. It was like three in one episode, good but amount. you know, yes. overlooking that. Um yeah, so I like I am a big fan of this movie as well. I think this movie is great. I agree that they're very different from these two movies. Um uh, one other reason, or one other thing that they have in common is they're both Criterion films. Yes, they are. Yeah, they both have <laughs> <get> their own <laughs> releases to the eye roll of Shannon. The no, 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 no longer has an official Criterion
0: release. though oh, it
4: is what? a Criterion film, though it's yes. out of print, yeah. but it does still. Del-
0: no longer listed on the website, is it? it's is listed on the website. It's it just, is, out, of, yeah. it's just out, it, out of print.
2: It, it is really. Yeah, yeah. It just says um, out of print. I have it on my uh, wish list, even though I know I'm never gonna have yeah. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so,
4: yeah, so that's another I that's another connection I guess symbolic. these two movies share if we keep making connections. But this movie is great and I think uh like you said, I think it's deeper than most people give it credit for. I certainly uh didn't realize how much I liked it until we were doing this podcast and we started talking more and more and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I really like this part of it. I like this part of it and this thing's there and um it's it's a great '80s uh, action satire film. Um, I really love the character of RoboCop. I think, uh, like you said, he is both a kind of satire action protagonist, but at the same time, he's you know a very deep and complex character of like this man who went through this transformation uh, after a tragic, um, I guess. Paralyzing. I don't know. Like he, he got shot up a bunch. Basically, <laughs> he, he got blown to pieces. <laughs> uh, yeah, Just,
3: very few limbs that were left.
4: Yeah, <laughs> few blood too. Um, he went through this transformation and almost became what seemed to be more machine than man. And he, this was—he was more machine yeah. than man. And then this was like uh, this is you know uh, scary to someone uh, to like a single person and um, an experience that none of us know about but this is a world where machines are kind of becoming like the um, like the biggest thing like mm-hmm. better than humanity and better yeah. than humans are but you know this is a movie that celebrates uh, humanity at the end that's someone that really finds his human qualities that end up helping him save the day and end up what, making him feel and him become himself uh, he hasn't lost who he is it's a very positive uh, film about the human experience and the human spirit uh, which I think is fantastic I think <laughs> that character and just that character is so fun as well. Like it's, it's both deep, but it's also like so fun just to see him like take down all these other criminals and like use the eye lock tracker thing that like in his vision and stuff, it's great. Um, his gun is fantastic too. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I think Carter was touching on this a bit, but I think one thing that this movie does is it really, it's really good about creating an atmosphere and like a world in this movie. Um, it's like uh when you combine like the score and the um the the score the color the locations and stuff like that and the commercials it really creates this like dystopian world this um this atmosphere of in this you know take on detroit that's really interesting and creative and um yeah i really do like this movie uh i also i agree that it's you know Looked down on more than people would say, but I think that's just because people may have made the people looking down, <laughs> they probably haven't seen it or have seen it yeah. and don't and look at more service level, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, I think my only, I guess, if I were to have any qualms with it, I would say that, um, you know, maybe the effects are a little outdated, of course, <laughs> um, which you know, may add to depending on the person and the subjectivity of it may add to the charm. Um, to some people it might be like, uh, you know, it's a little dated. Uh, I can, I can say that. Um, I think maybe also, you know, there are certain times when, um, personally for me, I feel like there's, you know, some, some lulls or whatever, but I think that's, you know, again, something else also more subjective in person to person. Mm Um, and, yeah, I, I, I. But I, overall, I really like this movie, and I am glad it made it so far. I know I, this is such a dark horse candidate, but it's a good movie, and I'm glad it's getting its recognition and its
1: justice because it's, it's great. All right. Okay. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Speak now or forever hold your peace. This I is do. It. Okay.
4: Okay. So the Silence of the Lambs is called the Silence of the Lambs. I think it should just be called Silence of the Lambs.
3: Like, cut off the Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's exactly. cleaner that way. It's cleaner. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's I, another qualm. I will say that RoboCop, <laughs> there is a RoboCop, and Silence of the Lambs, there are no lambs, nor do they get silenced. They do talk about lambs getting silenced. But there there aren't any, so... There aren't any present, no. That, <laughs> that, might, a, that might make or break it. That's we'll a knock there. We'll see. It's like To Kill a Mockingbird. Nowhere in there does it instruct you how to kill mockingbirds, but... Yeah, it's fine.
0: Um, but uh, my so, final thought, yeah, because I am looking at this now, the Criterion Edition of RoboCop. <laughs> oh my god, that looks like, it's, like it sounds like it's actually a very good edition of it. I'm Jordan's. a little bit upset that it's not still available. <laughs> it's all steel.
2: It's fine. Yeah. It's so, all steel. It's it available looks, for it $60 really
0: cool. on Amazon News. So.
2: Yep. I know, <laughs> I've thought about
0: it <laughs> but like seriously it comes with an its an unrated director's cut comes with, I mean yes—with including excessively violent shots cut from the theatrical release
2: Th- those are on the Blu-ray though oh they are? yeah cause uh, the scene where Alex Murphy gets blown away on the Blu-ray is much more gratuitous and gruesome than it is on the DVD and when Ed 209 blows away the one guy in the boardroom that is, that's an extended sequence of him getting just turned into Swiss cheese than it is and because on the DVD you see Alex Murphy's hand mm-hmm. get blown off and then he just gets like shot a bunch but in the Blu-ray you see his hand get shot off then you see his arm get blown off and there's just a lot more of it oh. so yep. yeah
1: so how the voting works uh, for our finale is we won't have to pick winners and losers we'll just be picking our winner so one big vote for the win <laughs> and we'll start with our guest Shannon and Then you want, you want to go clockwise after that Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. So that way, or yeah. clockwise? You mean? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. We'll go. Yeah.
3: We'll go clockwise. All right. Shannon? Okay. Uh. So my final <laughs> vote. This is a difficult. That actually it is a difficult decision. People <laughs> always say that, but legit, I've gone back and forth this entire time. Uh. I've ended up with Silence of the Lambs. However. Hey. So. hey. It's one, vote. It's like one vote for Silence of the
4: Lambs. <laughs> Do you care to say why?
3: Um. I, of course, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go off the fact that I've been watching a couple of different Anthony Hopkins movies recently. I saw him in, uh, he was in Titus by, uh, I think directed by <laughs> Julie Namer, Tamer, I don't know. Uh, but it was really good. It was also excessively violent and bloody, lots of, um, sexual assault and cannibalization, um, which, uh. You know. Makes it kind of a sister film, too. Yeah, it really does. Inspired it's, by... Um, so so weird movie. Uh, it, yeah, very strange movie, but... Um, I mean, Anthony Hopkins, great as a Shakespearean character, great as Hannibal Lecter, also kind of Shakespearean, if you think about it, uh, so...
0: Send it over to Brett The Rock Johnson.
3: Uh...
2: Like, I just really don't know which one to vote for because they're both they're both good movies and I'm trying to be as objective about this as possible. I don't want to just be like, "Oh, I like RoboCop more, so I'm going to vote for RoboCop." But Phoenix has made good points. We've all made good points over the course of the season. And so I feel like I just need to flip a coin about it. Or do you guys think that would be too tacky?
0: Too tacky. Just just pick <sighs> go with your heart. Just just pick go with pick,
3: your heart. Pick, pick
2: <laughs> then yeah, I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just going to vote for Robocop. One
0: to one. Yeah,
4: one to one.
2: Like, okay. I just,
4: what made you pick this? I'm, just going with your heart?
2: Yeah, I'm just... just it's The, the one heart that I, wants what the heart it's wants. It's the one that I like more. Like, It's not a jab at Silence of the Lambs or anything. It's just...
0: That's why we're picking a winner, not a loser.
2: I know. Exactly. It's just... Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if if if
4: it were possible, and we could pick two winners, <laughs> it would be these two boobies. Well, do
1: I have some news for you... <laughs> It's a double elimination. Oh my god, no, <laughs> no one, one wins. wins. Y'all go read a fucking book. Into <laughs> oh, the podcast. That's stop why we have Shannon
4: movies. here, because books That's are it. the real winner.
3: Books are the realist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> English major out.
4: Oh man, well, no.
2: Oh, that would be so good. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we're not doing that.
3: Everybody go read actual the actual, silence. Well, yes, the actual source material for Silence of the Lambs. Did Robocop have any source material? No. RoboCop was just, was just
0: OG. the city of Detroit. He he was, was, the yeah. city of Detroit. Everybody
3: go visit Detroit. The RoboCop. Okay. All the Robot robots that
2: patrolled, <laughs> you know, our cities back in the 80s. <laughs>
1: just
2: Phoenix. The it's a documentary. <laughs> Phoenix, rolled
0: it back in.
4: Uh, Phoenix, take it away. All right. So yeah, like I said, it's a it's a tough choice. Um, it's sad that we have to pick one. Like Brett was saying, um, I'm when it's all said and done. I'm going off of my pick on. If I'm, you know, if it's a Saturday or a Sunday, and there's a screening of RoboCop playing at a theater nearby, and a screening of Science of the Lambs playing in the theater nearby, which one would I go to? And I would go with Science of the Lambs.
2: Yes. It's. Yeah. it's that, yeah, you you worded it like, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, ba- that's basically what about. it came down to. Yeah, it's just a matter like of yeah. what would
4: I what would I spend right. some yeah, time going just, to and not going to. Right. Yeah. They're both great, but that's my
1: pick, Robbie. Yeah. Robbie, I'm curious to see what you're gonna pick. You're curious oh to geez. see what I'm gonna what
0: pick. What could it be?
2: I wonder.
0: So, <laughs> uh, this is honestly so hard. This is so. <laughs> I don't want to be like so diplomatic about it. I, but it was a hard. After today, after hearing everything, it was it was a hard decision. I'm sad to see one of these two films go, but I've got to you know. I gotta pick Silence of the Lambs it's at first I was gonna do a whole thing about inversely like Fe- unlike Phoenix I was picking which one I'd rather watch a three hour cut on FX of but also yeah but Same still, idea. Silence of the Lambs I, you know it's nice to get a break in there to get a snack during a
1: commercial break but <laughs> uh yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it sit there. So I know you've all been you know wondering what's Carter gonna pick what's Carter gonna pick? The Princess Bride. It, yes, well, it doesn't really matter now, but we already have a winner. But I will go ahead and say what I was going to say. Um, Peggy Mary, well, what well, you said, I would rather watch RoboCop on FX than Silence of the Lambs because Silence of the Lambs broken up with commercial breaks, not good. Not, not, not that's quite the analogy. It, it uses it's
4: very paced. Yeah, and, yeah, would not be ten, good, no. yeah.
1: but if I'm taking Phoenix's, uh, you know, scenario, so to speak. I too, if offered a free screening of RoboCop versus a free screening of Silence of the Lambs, on the big screen I would, I would take the road, I guess in this case more traveled and pick Silence of the Lambs.
0: Woo! Season
1: <laughs> 1 of Film Practice <laughs> ends with
0: not an upset with a
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> very much About expected, expected. This, this was the 96th
4: yes.
1: <laughs> RoboCop Lambs Lambs <laughs> Lambs, Robo-Cop. Lambs, Lambs really put up a fight here
4: this was, yeah this was close
1: this was closer i mean personally i was kind of on the edge i was i didn't know quite what the voting situation would look like when it got to me but i was i was kind of going i there were there were prepared to make a tie you were, prepared to, tie, was, you were prepared, to, prepared to you know i was
4: definitely scared i but, know yeah i but, didn't know which way it was going to turn
1: i think this was fun
0: this was yeah, i yeah. think we
1: ought to do another one let's do another <laughs> season
0: Season two? Season two. Tonight? Next week. Disney movies? Disney movies. Do we already
1: have eight picks? We do already have eight picks. (laughs) (laughs) We're not revealing them yet. Not yet.
0: We're not revealing them yet? No. No. We are not. What? We're saving it for the first episode.
2: there will be four animated and four live action. That's the teaser. That's the teaser.
0: And uh, maybe at the end I'll I'll hint with our intro for uh, the new season.
2: Maybe.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Uh, thank you for stopping by, Shannon. Yes, thank you, uh, Shannon. Thanks for
1: having me,
3: guys. This was a lot of fun. So
1: we close out every episode with our you know, social media to kind of pub ourselves. And
0: then
3: okay. um,
1: we give a recommendation of either a movie or a TV show that you would like our listeners to check out. Or a book. Miss English a major. Book. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to break the mold. Um,
2: Can't binge watch you, a just book. Just know if you
1: recommend a book, you won't be asked back. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you, enjoy you enjoyed Russia. this experience, it's not book frackets. Oh, but if you hated book this,
3: book <laughs> yes, So that's, that's, that's your sister no, show. No. Um so <laughs> I would week. if you know, <laughs> if you haven't already seen it, definitely go check out The Death of Stalin. It's fantastic. I saw it last Thursday. Um it made my heart nice and chilly and Russian, and it was a much better Red Sparrow than, than Red Sparrow was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would, yes, my, my heart stands behind um, the death of Stalin. It's a lot of fun.
1: And where can people find you?
3: Find me. Um, on Instagram, on, uh, Facebook. Um, my Instagram handle is, I believe, um, shenanigram. Um, We'll tag you in. Yeah, Yeah, y'all should definitely do that. I don't have the most active social media presence, but yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. Cool. Cool. Yeah.
2: Uh, You can find me on Snapchat at number one Uh, Post a review of a movie every single day. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You want to know more, you disagree, send me a message, we'll talk about it. Uh, I'm going to recommend the japanese horror film ringu which is what the american horror movie the ring was based off of it's very good very atmospheric very slow burn and it's just it's very simple but also very spooky
4: nice um you i am bomb phoenix on twitter feel free to follow me there uh I tweet things that hopefully you'll like. Sometimes it's about movies, sometimes about shows, comedy, sadness, politics, whatever you, whatever you, uh, desire. Sad
1: movie politics. Sad
4: movie politics. Um, (laughs) all of that, all of that accompanied there. Yeah. Um, so follow me there. Uh, hopefully you like what I tweet. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to see a movie again, because I still haven't seen a single movie (laughs) since, but what I will recommend is, uh, HBO released this uh, documentary series uh, called The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling so which you've seen so yes. yeah well I, I need to finish part 2 but it's okay. so good yeah, yeah I've just finished part 2 actually like you know like 10 minutes before I sh- showed up here um, it's really great it's such a like uh whole like complete look at the life of Gary Shandling and he's such an interesting and uh kind of you know tragic kind of person who brought a lot of joy and comedy to a lot of people and you know it's heartwarming it's sad it's you know uh, informative on the kind of person he is it's great i recommend it if you haven't seen it check it out
0: all right i am robbie underscore d shazer like spill something in your yard madness. oh that's not mine on Instagram.
2: Wow. Wow. We were going so good.
1: <laughs> With a heel turn at the end. Now we have to stop and re-record the whole episode. That's fair. Okay.
2: Um, <sighs> that's a podcast is canceled. But Robbie good Robbie everybody. on
0: Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. Um other than that, I am going to recommend I'm caught between two things. Carter and I uh just watched all of Avatar the Last Airbender. I'm gonna recommend it. It's good. It's so, so good. good. It's so good. So good. I, I was like gonna it. recommend a How movie that everyone's song? gonna recommend to you right now, so you can get that from a friend, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I am at C A Spillards, like spill something in your yard and add an S yeah. on Twitter. That, um that feels more
3: more appropriate.
4: Yes. A little
1: bit
3: more. Yeah, maybe.
1: Spillards, like S P I L L spill something like in your yard at Y A R D S. Come on. Okay. Uh, So
2: you're (laughs) at CA underscore DeShazer Correct. So underscore Robbie Spilliards?
1: Yes. The Rock Johnson.
2: Shenanogram Bombass? Yep. Bottomless shenanigans. <laughs> so on uh, yik yak. I'll be recommending.
1: <laughs> I just discovered that it was on uh, Amazon Prime actually. So if you've got that, go check it out. But Eureka! It ran for five seasons on the Sci Fi Channel. It's so good. Like it's like the perfect amount of like. It's about this regular dude, this sheriff who like is a fish out of the water in this town of super geniuses, and it's like got sci fi in it, but it's not like over the top sci-fi and it's just really fun because he's very much like fish out of water like what am I gonna do this is so weird and everyone else is like yeah (laughs) it's like what am I gonna do So it's great it's great fun go watch it please
2: I didn't know anybody else had uh, ever seen Eureka.
1: I
4: Yeah, I didn't that know shit. that either, but that is on brand for you, so um, I believe yeah. it completely. Well, sure. I was
1: so happy when I found it was on Amazon, because I, I almost bought the whole series the other day on Amazon, and I just saw that they added it to streaming, and I was like, yes, I don't have to spend... I don't do, they only have it on Blu-ray in Germany, was the only place they released it on Blu-ray, so I always have to buy all the German Blu-rays. Sure, and why I, not? I was like, I don't want to do that, so... That's beside the
2: point. Beside the point. This has been
1: a
0: fantastic season of Film Fracas. Yes, yes. Yeah. a
1: fantastic season. Thank you all for
0: listening. And, and Join us again next yeah. week. Yes, next for week. For the beginning of season, season two.
1: Season our Disney Fracas. Disney Whoa. Fracas. Disney Frackus. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web. We are so glad that you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Phoenix, the party, Zamboni, Zarola, Carter, the whole and show, Spilliards, and Robbie, the main man, DeShazer, for writing and producing each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really helps get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening. And we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.
1: Next season on Film Fracas.
0: And now on with the show.